Welcome to the Arc Fitness More Than Podcast, a space where we explore the challenges and the triumphs of overcoming addiction and thriving in recovery. Arc Fitness is a highly commended and unique recovery organization that utilizes the powerful benefits of physical activity, professional support and community to support people to reclaim their lives after addiction. Each episode features conversations with individuals who have lived experience of addiction, as well as experts in the field. And together, we will share stories, insights, and tips on what it takes to break the cycle of addiction and to find a path to healing, growth, and potential. We believe that everyone deserves a chance at recovery, no matter what their background or their circumstances, and that we are more than the problems that we face. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second installment of the Arc More Than a Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Norby, and it's been an incredible nine months since I've joined the Arc family. My journey over the past 14 years has been deeply rooted in the world of coaching, and I've had the privilege of working closely with countless clients, witnessing firsthand how fitness can be a transform- transformative force in their lives. Today, we're diving headfirst into the captivating subject that impacts every one of us, nutrition. This topic holds a special place in my heart because I've seen its profound influence on individuals embarking on their journey of self-improvement. Before we dive into the world of nutrition, let's remember what ARC stands for. ARC, or Addiction Recovery Coaching, embodies a holistic approach to recovery. It's not just about overcoming addiction, it's about embracing wellness in its entirety And that's where we're more than just a podcast, we're a community, a support system, and a source of inspiration. In today's episode, we'll be joined by a special guest, a nutritionist with a wealth of experience in helping individuals achieve their wellness goals. And together, we'll explore how nutrition impacts not only our physical health, but also our mental and emotional well-being. So, whether you're in recovery supporting someone on their journey, or simply interested in optimizing your own nutrition for a healthier life, this episode is for you. Before we jump into the conversation, just a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast and stay updated with all things ARC. And if you find value in what we do, don't hesitate to share this podcast with others who might benefit from it. Our guest today, Jade Bradley, is a certified nutritionist with an inspiring personal journey. At 27, she hid the build, hate, and burnout and anxiety behind a seemingly bubbly exterior. She transformed her life by discovering the incredible power of nutrition, and today she empowers individuals globally to take control of their well-being. So welcome, Jade, to the ARC More Than a Podcast. Thank you for that lovely welcome. Delighted to be here. Thank you so much again, because it's something that we, at Arc here, we, we sort of embody that whole holistic approach to not only the recovery journey, but the impact of nutrition, I think, is one that often gets overlooked. And your background and your story is something that we we want to get out here today on this podcast. And just if you can sort of give us a brief introduction of how your, your own personal journey inspired that nutrition um, it was the forefront of your own wellness and, and achievement throughout your career. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say burnout is something that I've experienced throughout my whole adult life, really. Whenever I was in my early 20s, it was always given the label of anxiety or stress. 
uh, or depression as well and given antidepressants and medications which didn't work for what was going on with me and every time that I've experienced burnout throughout my life it's been because I've been trying to make too many changes at one time so it's like you know the Jenga blocks are building up and then you pull one out and then that's when they all come crashing down so for me I was really trying to make change and the way that I thought was beneficial for me but it wasn't until I actually, whenever I was 27 and I had gone through multiple burnouts that I went to a holistic therapist who I thought was just going to do food intolerance testing. Yep. And it was like a like what you're talking about with ARC is a holistic approach. It's an all-round approach in terms of mental health, you know, and the food intolerance and all that. She was like a counsellor and a and you know, a therapist all in one. Yeah. And uh she gave me things to work on anyway, long story short. And whenever I started making the changes with nutrition and lifestyle change that worked for me personally, it was like a light bulb. The first thing for me was sleep. I never slept well. Yeah. Always woke up a couple of times in the middle of the night. And I started going to bed at 11 and waking up at 7. Gradually, every day, the anxiety was getting less. Mm -hmm. You know, I was able to deal with, you know, things that were causing me to be burned out, which were bad relationships, a yeah. job that I wasn't happy in, and, you know, the not the right diet and lifestyle changes that I was making at that time. So for me, that's when I really realized I wanted to study nutrition and teach others of the powerful impact. And that's when I went away to London. I studied for three years at the College of Naturopathic Medicine and qualified to be a nutritionist. So five years down the line, well, I moved back to Dara. I've been here five years and yeah. supporting people all over the world generally with, you know, burnout recovery, supporting mental health and well-being with nutrition and lifestyle change. And it is a real passion of mine because I know what it's like to be in that position yeah. where you really can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I want to help people not be in that position as much as I possibly can. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think when it comes to burnout, it's something that we... As a society nowadays, it's something that's so common. Uh, all you hear is, is burnout. And I think it's in relation to how we live our lives, how the modern day society is demanding so much of us. Uh, and even in, in terms of uh, touching on sleep there, as you said, if you don't have your, your sleep patterns and a rhythm of, of your maybe your circadian rhythm, if you can get that down and the importance of that and how it'll actually make you feel uh, in line with nutrition uh, it's it's so important and so many times people often overlook these things um, and it gets you know gets put to the back seat and it maybe I think nutrition and sleep together when, when you combine those two things it can have a transformative effect on on your mental health as well so when we come they look at the questions today we, we want to touch on a few different topics but I think just the, the first thing that we, we could look at is just understanding the basics of nutrition and addiction and how them two things can be linked together. So could you possibly just explain the fundamental role of nutrition and how this could play a vital role in anyone's just even path to recovery? Yeah, absolutely. Like, so for, like you said, an introduction that everybody needs to be mindful of their nutrition, it's beneficial to all human beings across the yeah. board, non-negotiable. And for me, nutrition, you know, good nutrition is nurturing and supporting the body with the nutrients that it requires to support the biological processes that it has to carry out on a, a daily basis so that physically and mentally you know on both spheres of that so for me what I would say in terms of the you know the fundamentals well that 
It's funny that you use that word in the question because yeah. I, I actually have like a full program on the fundamentals of nutrition. Okay. And like I see that if you don't have the building blocks, like you can't move on to the more advanced, nice, shiny things that people want to do yeah. with nutrition. Mm -hmm. So like for me, the fundamentals are hydration that takes into consideration your caffeine intake, your water intake, your sugary fuzzy drink intake. Mm -hmm. um, and also then we've got our intake of processed foods so trying to reduce the intake of ultra processed foods we're never going to get away from eating processed foods no. it's the world that we live in i'm not going to tell people not to eat processed foods but ultra processed foods that you can't even read the ingredients on the back of them yeah. reduce them as much as you possibly can yes i still have takeaways but i don't have them every day once a week at the most or maybe once every two weeks whatever then you're going to look at your replenishing with whole foods just crowding out the the you know less nutritious food with more nutritious and then um like you mentioned um I, I think it's really difficult to talk about nutrition without talking about stress and sleep so for me the fourth fundamental is stress and sleep yeah. and that is like the uh, the pillar that holds it all together it's really important so I know like obviously arc is addiction recovery and then if we are looking at fundamentals in terms of supporting people who are, you know, going through addiction or who are in recovery, like I would say that I would really want to be looking at not implementing any stressful, unmanageable dietary changes. Absolutely not looking into any form of like calorie counting or mm -hmm. severe restriction or anything like that, which I generally don't recommend anyway with anybody that I work with just because of the way that I work. Yeah. And how I'm supporting people to change their lives. But also, you want to make sure you're not feeding into any addictive behaviors, like not transferring over addictions from, you know, any substances or alcohol and food, because that can really happen very easily. Like time, yeah. And also with anybody who's recovering from addiction, there's probably an element of malnutrition where they haven't really been eating well or properly for a long time. Yeah. It's about supporting them to be able to teach their body how to be hungry again. And, and getting that mind-body connection happening again. So those are a couple of things that I would consider with that. Yeah, no, I think that's spot on. And just even in my own experience as well, from working with, with clients one-to-one -one throughout the years, I think you've mentioned there just introducing that on a slow basis of, you know, it doesn't need to be 100% correct when it comes to cutting out everything that you're already doing. If we can limit it to maybe that one or two days a week where you're having that takeaway or you're having something that's ultra processed and the majority of the, the rest of the time you're having, you know, whole nutritious foods, that if you do that for long enough, even a few weeks, you'll start to notice a significant difference in your body and how you're feeling and your energy levels and then maybe even your sleep as well. So a small one that you touched on was your, was even caffeine. I think nowadays you, you see everyone drinking cans of Monster and all the rest and coffee throughout the day, and then they're wondering why they're not sleeping well at night. Um, and I think that that's a significant one as well. So again, moving on to the second one, how would you, or how does substance abuse and addiction impact an individual's nutritional health? So I think we already, you already touched upon it there in terms of malnutrition, maybe in some cases where people just ain't getting enough nutrients. Um, so what would your views be on that? Like, obviously, with any form of addiction that's happening over a period of time, the body's going to have taken a battering in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, how it's been treated. That can show up in lots of different complications. You know, it can show up in, obviously, liver disease would be a big one. 
um, cardiovascular disease, blood sugar imbalances, diabetes can come on as a, you know, a secondary from addiction, um, a lowered immune function, like mood disorders, depression, anxiety, um, you know, in terms of like inflammation would be a big one and mm. especially gut inflammation because, you know, the, the digestive system is going to have taken a real, you know, it's going to have a toll on it over that period of time. So we will expand on this as we go on throughout, but like that would affect a lot of nutritional imbalances and deficiencies that mm-hmm. would be happening in the body massively. What I would be wanting to support somebody that's coming out of addiction is blood sugar regulation like alcohol is essentially sugar Mm -hmm. so your body is addicted to sugar and you know then you're coming off that you're going to have cravings you will be experiencing you know a lot of mood fluctuations and there's lots of things that that will have an impact on that will affect the foods that you're craving the foods that you're able to eat now there's lots of different things in terms of blood sugar regulation and I think I could talk for two hours on that like but some things I would say is that people could do is just being mindful of their carb choices. Like even just trying to switch from like a lot of white grains to, you know, uh, whole grains and eating more whole foods. You touched on caffeine a while ago and, you know, there's a lot in the culture that people have now of a cup of coffee um, or tea before they even have anything to eat or mm-hmm. fasting and then having coffee. Now, if you're having caffeine, first thing in the morning without eating you're literally just sending your hormones on a spiral for the whole day and especially if you're having cravings or blood sugar regulation issues i would say one thing that you can do to support that is make sure you eat something before you have caffeine because obviously if you're in addiction recovery as well there's a lot of stress there's you know a lot of cortisol all over the place so that would be one of the main things i would be doing with a lot of clients that i would I support a lot of women with hormone balance and stuff as well too, but it's all feeding under the same things. Uh, and yeah, like supporting that, you know, that sh- it, it as a sugar addiction, essentially, is, which yeah. is, it's one of the most difficult things for people to overcome and that I experience with supporting clients, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just to, to touch upon that a wee bit more uh, as well in relation to the caffeine is something that I, I've personally experienced the last few months where, I've I was always that person of getting up in the morning and the first thing I did was reaching for for coffee because uh, I, th- I thought that I needed it to kickstart the day and stuff like that, and I've trialed with eliminating that for at least two hours before I actually have a coffee in the morning. Uh, and the first thing I take in the morning is electrolytes, and the the difference even that made the my energy and throughout the day then I, I don't feel like I'm getting that burnout or crash later in the day. So as you said, that's in relation to just letting your own cortisol levels rise naturally in the morning um and, and caffeine blocks that caffeine blocks your adenosine levels in the body so that's something that maybe someone could trial out if they feel tired throughout the day and constantly reaching for coffee or caffeine maybe trial doing that in the morning before they they ever go on the um you know even just having some nutritious foods as well so mm-hmm. Absolutely. For someone else as well, then what would you say if someone was just like, where do I start? What's the, the nutrients that I, I should really be focusing on just even in relation to someone who doesn't really know what they should be having on a day-to-day basis anyway? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of in recovery, well, first of all, I would say I don't just recommend just depending on supplements or, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, 
to supplement a bad diet or you know but I do get that if somebody's really struggling with even being able to tolerate food and stuff like that then there would be an element of supporting with more supplements in that early stage so a lot of the time because of the inflammation in the gut there would be a lack of b vitamins so essentially like b6 which supports a lot of like energy and balance in the body especially immune system Mm -hmm. brain health so if you're looking at a food source of that it would be you know a lot of like animal sources like liver or fish or um some small amounts and you would get in chickpeas and stuff like that so like outside of just getting a supplement for that you could look at increase i would always encourage people to increase the foods where they can Mm -hmm. theamine which is basically vitamin b1 that supports basically growth and function of all cells in the body and um that is something that you would also get through other like the food sources that i mentioned already yeah antioxidant support would be a massive one without going into all the science like free radicals basically occur over a long period of time when the body is um you know under stress and tension and uh antioxidants balance that out so vitamin c berries citrus Mm -hmm. green leafy vegetables magnesium like nervous system support is massive and addiction recovery and uh, and just for everybody generally and magnesium as well it's my favorite like mineral or anything Mm -hmm. i just think most people benefit from including more magnesium soil's really depleted you don't get as much of it in the vegetables Mm -hmm. and the foods uh that you you know that you generally should so um magnesium would be a good one you can supplement it or even epsom salts like baths and stuff would increase your magnesium but food sources would be green leafy vegetables whole grains yeah. nuts seeds legumes and stuff like that so uh those would be some that i would focus on but just getting a generally get more veg in, get more yeah. your whole foods in as much as you can whether you have to do that in shakes or you know whatever way you have to try and do that but soups and stews and things like that that are easy yeah, easy to get absolutely in. I think that's that's you covered everything there and that and this isn't to say that you need to go straight on the web or on the internet and order a bunch of supplements and think that that's going to solve everything and fix it I think just by focusing on those simple foods that we can start there because you can't um, just rely on supplements alone but you're right in saying as well like this foods that we consume now compared to maybe 50 plus years ago we're definitely not getting as not enough nutrients from that alone and that's why we have to use those supplements to top it up um so that, that that's a perfect start for someone who who might not know where to begin and then moving on to the impact of mental health and, and nutrition as well so how does nutrition influence mental health and why is this important in the context of addiction and recovery as well yeah absolutely i think it's only in the past say maybe five or so years that the topic of the link between food and mental health has really Mm -hmm. opened up and you know mental health can obviously be a wide spectrum it can be really severely debilitating chronic um psychological disorders things like ocd or you know really chronic anxiety depression clinical depression and it can be just then maybe if somebody's coming towards the other side of addiction recovery and it's just burnout and brain fog and things like that like I say just burnout. Burnout is not like a just. It's mm-hmm. very debilitating as well. But, um, you know, there's lots of different ways to help and support. Um, 
what I would say as in recovery, there's there there's going to be a lot of like neurotransmitter imbalances and hormone imbalances, especially dopamine. Mm-hmm. Dopamine, like alcohol and substances, will have been used for a period of time, and that would have been a dopamine hit for the body. That's been taken away. That can then affect really low moods, mm-hmm. and you know that can feed into making the the process really really difficult. So you know, I would say that. Generally, there are what you want to do is feed into vagus nerve support, and you know, like obviously, it's not. Whenever I talk about nutrition, I talk about that along with lifestyle change. As a, it's a cat. They're together as a cat, like you know, they're yeah. connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so like vagus nerve support, like literally, like relaxation. Um, even like a lot of people do cold water therapy. Now. Yeah, we see that's big time on the rise. But and that even, you don't need to go, even if you can't go to the sea, what I get people to do is just fill the sink with really cold water, put your face in it mm-hmm. and f- put your wrists in it. That is a connection to the vagus nerve as mm-hmm. well. That is something that can help to support production of neurotransmitters and all that as well. So, you know, there are little things that you can do that can, the way that I like to uh, support people to make changes you know, realistic solutions to everyday obstacles, really small changes that you can just slot on for like a minute yeah. or two minutes within the day. I think that's or, the biggest thing for people is like looking at a path to recovery and looking at a path to maybe optimal health. It seems so unrealistic for them to achieve it because, you know, they, they look at maybe trends online or, or what people are doing and it's ice watered ups every day. It's, it's a, a perfect morning routine and it's optimal health by by way of nutrition and all the rest and counting calories and macros but that's not attainable to everyone and as you said it's just maybe starting by what what can i do today and it might be just filling up your sink with cold water and and starting doing that or going for a walk and spending time outside um which i think embodies what what we do here at arc it's our whole approach is as you said as well if you eliminate that dopamine which might might have been received through alcohol and, and drugs and we're replacing it then with the likes of exercise um, and then even just eating well. Um, that has a profound effect. And maybe then someone starts realizing the benefits of that. They're sleeping better. And then th- those small ones adding up then on, on someone's recovery journey can can just impact that. They keep going and keep going and building on that. So could but you... Also another way to support with dopamine is mm-hmm. setting yourself up for success, giving yourself yeah. realistic goals. So... If you say, I need to do a cold water dip every day, and then you don't do it, that mm-hmm. feeds into that vicious cycle of feeling, you know, inadequate on what you're doing. Yeah. If you say, every day I'm going to fill the sink, I'm stick my face in it and my wrists in it, and you do that every day for a week, that increases your your own self-worth, mm-hmm. and that will feed into you being able to make more positive changes with other things that you're doing. Big time. So it's about layering them on top of each other then. Absolutely. And then some examples then of how per nutrition can exacerbate uh, mental health challenges as well during recovery. Absolutely. Like, so we talked about, you know, blood sugar regulation and stuff like that. If you're in recovery and you're drinking a lot of sugary fuzzy drinks, if you're, you know, drinking a lot of caffeine and you're eating a lot of processed foods, like you're spiking that cortisol, Mm -hmm. you're feeding under those cravings, you're feeding, you're still feeding under that gut inflammation, you know, basically you know inflammation generally in the whole body liver detoxification won't be happening as it should be which will mean that uh, you know stagnant hormones aren't being excreted from the body all that so i think like one way you have to think about your health is 
and and it's it's all connected with our medical system here mm-hmm. you've got a doctor for every part of your body but like they don't connect it together where we need to get back into the way of thinking that you know everything has a knock-on effect mm. so although you know obviously it's it's not saying that it's an, an absolutely very difficult situation you're in when you're in recovery and there will be times that you will maybe not make the right choices with you know diet and lifestyle and things yeah. like that but you know even just things like i would say sugars go try and switch to like naturally occurring sugars you know like even like your fruits and more like berries yeah. and you know just and and trying to it's all about training your body and to you know appreciating those again and retraining how you taste things as well for sure and and that's going, not going to happen overnight as we keep mentioning on this because i think that's where people really give up is when they don't maybe stick to something for a week or two then they feel like they failed and then that just exaggerates the the feeling of this isn't attainable for me ever and you know that's where again down here at arc we have that support system the community of people here who, who support everyone on that journey of their recovery path as well so that's a good place for for some of the starting good examples there as well of how it can really impact our, our health um what would your practical tips be for individuals in recovery to maintain a balanced diet yeah so basically just first it's all about mindset as well mm. like you are probably going to feel in a place where you know it's really difficult to try and get under the way of making changes and that's why it's amazing I, I haven't actually said how amazing the work that ARC does and I think it's it's just it's so needed here um and there should be one of these everywhere yeah. but you know um it does all come to the mi- mindset and I think it's great that people will have that support here to spur them on so like I said before setting yourself up for success realistic you know uh sol- realistic goals like that's that's the way that I work with one-to-one clients. Like I don't give them a million things to do. I say, right, what's manageable for you right now? A lot of the time we'll do three things, probably two dietary things, one lifestyle thing. Mm-hmm. So that might be drink more water and manage your caffeine intake. And you've got a screen curfew before bedtime, yeah. you know, and that's for two weeks. And I don't want, I don't care what you're doing outside of that. I want you to come back to me after two weeks and you say you're doing those things. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to the other things. So it's like, it's like that. If you're finding it difficult to drink water, don't try to say, I'm going to make myself drink two liters of water a day. Yeah. Drink two glasses of water every day for a week and then move on it's consistency is required to yeah. have the real impact with any changes that you're making so um one of my favorite sayings is progress not perfection mm-hmm. like it's you know making steps in the right direction rather than going backwards or staying in the same place so that would be my main tip for anybody who as i'm recovering who's trying to you know start making nutrition and lifestyle changes yeah that's perfect and just even having that support system around you and your environment as well is so important when it comes to, you know, staying on that path to, you know, improving that and, and just starting small. Um, are, is there any specific foods or dietary patterns that can support these cravings and manage it as well during someone's recovery? Yeah. So like I said, um, in terms of the sugar cravings and things like that, I would say, I mentioned the no caffeine before food Mm -hmm. in the morning. That's like number one, do that. Also, 
what the way I try to explain it to people is if you start off in the morning with a high carb or a high sugary breakfast, you're setting yourself on a roller coaster for energy crash and, and dips throughout mm-hmm. the day. So whether that's a whole pile of bread, uh, you know, or a bun or whatever it is that you're having in the morning time, you're literally setting yourself up for the 10, 10 a.m. crash where you need a coffee or a, a cake, then the lunchtime crash, then the afternoon crash. And it goes on. So I would say start off with a protein and fat rich breakfast. If yeah. you can, that can be like a smoothie. That can be also normalized having veg in the morning time. A lot of people think it's weird, but like you can mm-hmm. throw it on with anything, eggs <laughs> or uh, some people have like fish in the morning. Like it's, you know, just a protein yeah. and fat rich breakfast will literally, people think, oh, it's smaller. It's not going to fill me up as much. When you start having that, you will feel full until lunch. Like, generally if you're eating a more balanced meal you don't need a snack all the time in between as well so but with cravings it will it'll be a journey of you know make making those changes incrementally but then obviously switching to like the natural sugars uh rather than the highly processed sugars and just things like staying hydrated like you know making sure you're drinking your water cinnamon is really good for um, managing cravings. I get people to put like a cinnamon stick and water mm-hmm. and sip that throughout the day and that can help to manage cravings. So those are a few things that people could probably yeah. start doing straight away. Obviously, there's more in-depth things whenever you look at personal cases and what's going on, but like those things are really powerful. Never underestimate the, you know, the, the power of making those basic changes yeah. i think that's so we you mentioned as well about like if you eat something out of the ordinary uh you can be judged on that yeah. a lot of the times like uh-huh. if you're if you're sitting somewhere or even in, if you brought it in the work in the morning if your breakfast was something like a steak and eggs people will be like what are you eating that at this time for you know uh-huh. they're, they're judging you based on your choice to eat maybe a high protein breakfast that's going to fuel you better for the day um so i think even just getting that out of your head when it comes to you know who cares what what you're eating at what time because i think that's another thing and i was going to ask you about your views on the way people always have this idea of oh i can't really eat that at this time and maybe after seven o'clock i shouldn't eat carbs like what what's your view on that because there's a lot of misinformation out there when it comes to timings and and intermittent fasting and all the rest it's like there is no one size fits all nutrition mm-hmm. plan and you have to do what feels right for your body and for some people it suits them to eat you know higher carbs throughout the day and then less at night time for other people it's the other way around it depends what yeah. your schedule is like i said you know i i encourage people i do meal builder plans with people and on those meal builders there's like loads of age and breakfast mm. and you could have like you know tons of mackerel or whatever and people think, oh, that's weird, but it's just because it's not what they know. And I think once yeah. you start making changes with what you're eating and how it makes you feel, you move away from that. But it's that initial, it's it's trying to not care what other people think as well. Aye. You know, well, when you start feeling better, you don't care what other people think. So once you get over that, I think if I started bringing tons of mackerel in here, there'd be <laughs> some heads turning. Um <laughs> So, like, again, there, just that our question that we have is, like, how can a structured meal plan aid in recovery? And I think we, we've sort of touched upon that already when it comes to the importance of just getting your nutrition in every day and maybe even having a higher protein diet is, is fueling you throughout the day. You're not, it's satiating, you're not feeling hungry, uh, maybe then reaching for, for snacks and stuff throughout the day as well. So 
Uh, do you have any other things to add on that? Uh, so, yeah, I would say basically if, if somebody's been in a period of high stress and addiction for a while, I'm sure that there wasn't a lot of structure and routine mm -hmm. in their life happening. So like the body works in cycles and rhythms and it likes to, you know, do things and, you know, at the same times in this, uh, you know, throughout the day. So I would say trying to get back into even trying to eat at a breakfast, lunch and dinner at a certain time would be really beneficial. That would feed into your circadian rhythm, supporting with your sleep as well, mm -hmm. too. Obviously, it's it's it will be different for each from between each person. A lot of people will have to train themselves to be hungry again. I get this with people who say, I'm not hungry in the morning. I can't have breakfast. Uh, you know, that is just because you've suppressed that with your body for such a long time. Now, yep. some people fast and it works for them. But for me, when somebody's going through a period of high stress, burnout, or if they were in recovery, I would not be recommending them to do intermittent fasting because it's increasing the cortisol. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, going to have a beneficial effect. A structured meal plan eat more vegetables like generally if half your plate you know for your meals should be veg like if you're getting more nutrients in, that is going to have a positive impact with you know hormone balance nutrients detoxification you know i haven't really expanded on that too much but green leafy vegetables support liver function massively you know get get those the broccoli the cabbage yeah. all that and uh you know yeah, they would massively. Would have that a be something impact. that you would recommend? Like detox, is that something that you really believe in? And what's your thoughts and effects of, of doing a detox for anyone who'd be interested in, in looking into that? Mm -hmm. So for me, detox isn't, you know, a detox where you just have juices and things like that. Detoxification is a process that happens in the body. It's the process of taking a toxin and transforming it into a less harmful substance, water soluble, mm -hmm. that can then be excreted from the body. So what that is, supporting your liver function. How do we do that? We increase our intake of water. We manage your intake of stimulants like caffeine, like cigarettes. We uh, manage your intake of sugars. We reduce inflammation in the body. Gut function is closely linked with, you know, liver function, as is hormone balance, you know, all those things so you know reducing your intake of the process all the fundamentals that we talked about mm -hmm. those are so important for that for me generally i don't really recommend a lot of you know extreme detoxes or anything like that uh it's just not something i really do but you know there are benefits that people have with it and that's fine but uh i would say do the basic things and do them really well and you will support detoxification yeah. in the body yeah. you know and I think that we have chat with Darren today uh, and we just mentioned about like how the process and the successes and the mundane consistency, repetitive tasks day in, day out. And that's where, you know, a lot of people struggle is because it is sometimes a bit monotonous eating clean, healthy foods all the time uh, when you can just go and grab a takeaway that's convenient and it's two seconds and it tastes amazing. But then it's the knock-on effect of how that's actually making you feel and how it's not supporting your your body and, and, the, and getting the nutrients that you need. So in your experience then, how does focusing on nutrition contribute to long-term success? And that's not just even relating to recovery. That could be related to your own background as well um, and your own clients and the work that you've done with them. Yeah, it's, it's feeding into that sense of you are worth treating well, like you're, like you're worthy of the 
you know the the care and the nutrition and the lifestyle change and all of that and and like you mentioned you know uh, the, the the quick and easy option of grabbing a takeaway and mm-hmm. whatnot but when you start making that change you think I feel awful when I do that so although and what I would say uh what I would say is it's it's re um re uh the word won't come to me it's uh it's just changing how we look at a treat a treat as in you know we think oh takeaway is a treat but really is that feeding into your long-term goals and how you want to live your life do you Mm -hmm. want to live a life full of health and a long life well that's not feeding into that but if i am eating more vegetables and looking after my nutrition and you know limiting that takeaway to once a week then is that feeding into my long-term goals yes it's reframing it eventually get the word um (laughs) so yeah um i would say it's all feeds into that you know feeling like i am worth making that change and then that will fuel you on to make more positive changes so yeah it's all on the mindset as well mindset's huge yeah when it comes to it um so what role then does nutritional education play in maybe that relapse for some people or just even in in general and, and falling back in the old habits and routines so what would your view on that be yeah it's you're we're all going to get times when we fall off the wagon and you know it's about not staying off for so long and getting back on again so it's not like right well it's tuesday and i've slept up so i'm going to wait until monday until i get back on on board again just start the next day you know what you want to do is uh always feed andy supporting positive energy levels mood you know all that and sleep and you know that is always where you're going to want to get back to with anything that you're doing so i think yeah nutrition education and nutrition support is really important with that because if your body isn't in a place it's not you know supported with the nutrients or minerals vitamins that it needs then it can't you know carry out those biological processes hormone balance neurotransmitter support gut function all those things detoxification so yeah i would say definitely it's very important and just it's basically just a summarization of all the things that we've already talked about uh you know if if in doubt go back to the fundamentals if in doubt am i drinking enough water can i step up my game with that yeah. you mentioned electrolytes earlier they're amazing in terms of you know even i could tell you stories about cases with people who have been going down the line of getting diagnosed with chronic conditions mm-hmm doctors couldn't figure out what was going on but then they're you know they're going to give them a diagnosis of chronic fatigue or whatever and whenever I started working with them I was like you're dehydrated started like making sure they were drinking water added electrolytes changed things with their diet yeah. it's like symptoms that they were having for years were gone with them a month like away and people's like that's a miracle but it's like it's but that's that's the power of if you're actually fueling your body correctly, yeah. what it can have. Would you have any like inspiring stories to share when it comes to even clients like that, um, who has maybe basically changed their life around from just working with yourself? Yeah. So like that particular case that I just mentioned there, it was a lady and she was uh, at the doctors for years and chronic debilitating headaches that were literally affecting her ability to work, her ability to look after her child. And then she was just at her wits end. She had been to every specialist. They were looking at diagnose her with chronic fatigue or mm-hmm. ME. 
and she was like I just really don't think that I have that I just I'm really not sure that that's what it is and then when we started working together now she thought she was making good chain you know good choices she thought she was drinking water just wasn't drinking enough and she wasn't you know adding the the nutrient the minerals date that she needed then as well uh the salts and stuff mm-hmm. and also she was drinking a lot of caffeine and not sleeping well and stuff like that so really when we changed the water intake and added the electrolytes and made a couple of other changes with her sleep and stuff i think it was three weeks and her headaches were gone like completely gone and she had them for years yeah you know there's people you know i've worked with other people going through addiction and an addiction recovery and you know so a lot of it's sleep a lot of it's sleep and trying to reduce stress there was this one lady and she was like, I don't really drink that much caffeine. But then I was asking her what did she drink throughout the day? And she was drinking a lot of Diet Coke Mm. and she was drinking it up until right up until late at night. And she was working in a, in a takeaway. And so uh, she was using that as like to keep her energized. But I was like, right, look, let's switch out your Diet Coke at, you know, in the evening time, nighttime. And she came back to me the next week. She's like, I can't believe it. I switched to the water. I just have the bottle of water. And mm. now I'm actually sleeping like far better. Some people see changes immediately. Other people, it takes a bit longer for it to kick in. But yeah, like always, I will never, ever not be amazed by the impact of the like changing with the caffeine and sleep. Yeah, it's huge. Massive, massive impact. Like for me, caffeine was a big one i i don't have caffeine at all anymore just because i don't tolerate it Mm -hmm. it comes without going down a rabbit hole like caffeine (laughs) tolerance comes down to genetics as well Mm. and we have got certain dna um snaps that you know some people can tolerate caffeine some can't i can't and i knew that i couldn't so Um, how, how did you know like what was the telltale sign well, I was going through a real burnout period and real high stress period at that time. And even when I was having green tea, I, f- I would say I felt nauseous and jittery when I was having the caffeine. It just gave me like a really weird on age feeling. Mm. So I just thought I'm just stopping that. Like it was, I was doing my own reading and stuff at the time and, and I just stopped it. Now, the was odd- that hard? Because for me, I wasn't really a cat. Like I, I'd never drunk coffee really. Um, I would have just had tea now and again. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't dependent on it for energy or anything like that. So I, I know that it's difficult. The thing with caffeine, people think it's giving them energy. It's loaning you energy from ahead of you. You don't mm-hmm. get anything for free in yeah. life generally. And so like that is just loaning your energy from ahead of you so you're going to have to pay that back so then Mm -hmm. that's why you're on the vicious caffeine cycle so the sooner you can manage that when people reduce it they find that their energy increases yeah you know and they think oh my god i can't believe this because i thought that was the only thing that was keeping me going but until they make that change yeah and they see the impact that it has and because they're actually sleeping better that's where you get your energy i think the sleep is is the fact that i always mention it to people too is like how is your sleep even though you have a coffee at eight o'clock at night or uh they're like oh it's fine it doesn't impact my sleep but if you actually say you had a, a wearable device like those whip uh that i'm wearing or an aura ring or whatever if you actually read under your REM sleep and stuff and looked at that it's probably not that high and that's maybe related directly to just having caffeine later in the day so you're not letting your body kind of wind down for the evening and, and naturally your circadian rhythm just come into play and your your hormones they put you to sleep and then another thing is maybe just screen time i think we touched upon that before 
briefly, um, the majority of us, so I'd say 80, 90% are go to bed, but you're, how long are you actually sitting in bed on your phone, staring at a blue screen? And then that again is, is impacting your ability to go and drift off to sleep. Well, the example I like to use with that is you take a baby to bed, you tuck them in, you read them a story, you know, get them over to sleep. Mm -hmm. But then we as adults run around like maniacs all night. Then like you say, you're scrolling on the phone, mm -hmm. social media, on the news, and you get into bed and think, why can I not get to sleep? Mm -hmm. Because you're still wired. You need to have a wind down process, like an hour before bed. Yeah. No screens, like relax, like... I joke to people like I do word searches at nighttime. I'm like a seven year old woman, but like just what everybody's different. Like some people like to do Sudoku or, yeah. you know, reading or whatever. Like it's just like finding routine. And, you know, whenever you start having that wind down period before bed, that's a game changer with sleep as well. Yeah. And I would say that transfers into the morning as well. Most people get up, left their phone, Straight start away. scrolling. <clears throat> that spikes your cortisol, your stress levels for yeah. the whole day initially. So I try to get people a half an hour at least. In the you morning. Know, when you're waking up, yeah. you know, not going on your phone. I think it's so it's easier said than done, like they, they say these things, because I'm guilty of it as well. Like I've had periods where I was on a great routine where I was I was going to bed and I wasn't lifting the phone and especially in the morning too, the first thing I wasn't doing was grabbing the phone because you might read an email. And it's a it's not a great email, and exactly. then that sets your tone for for the day ahead. Uh -huh. You're already stressed before you even had your breakfast. So those things are so uh, important when it comes to try and eliminate that one by one. Even if it's a small thing that you do can do one thing for a week. Yeah. Like start off with, and I say to people, if you find an hour at night unmanageable, mm -hmm. half an hour. Start with half an hour, and then build from that. It's better than you know not doing any at all. And yeah. if in the morning you find. 30 minutes difficult, start with 15. Keep your phone away from your bed. Mm. You know, d just don't keep it in your bedside locker, the other side of the room or even outside of the room. Get an alarm clock. There, once you set up those routines, it's not hard. Yeah. And then when you when you fall out, you, like you don't really fall out of it because it's it's just your go-to. That is your, your, your norm. Your normal. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's even just even switching off your your notifications at a certain time at night that's notifications huge. are the devil like they honestly are. i i i can't have them on my phone no. i would be so distracted i think the ceo netflix um was on a, a uh, an interview before and he mentioned like has the view and, and the standpoint of like what netflix is about is like waging a war and sleep and really? it's true oh my God. because of the many times that I've I've sat and watched an episode at night then turns into two and then three and then before you know it, it's two in the morning and you're up at seven and you're like, why did I do that? Mm -hmm. uh, and then again, the notifications and come up in the phone. they start so quickly, the yeah. episodes. Just... Ah, you don't get a chance. Uh -huh. So those things are so important. And I think the majority of people listening to this could, can probably reflect on that too and look at themselves and their own patterns and routines. And maybe just take inspiration from trying to change a few of those things. Um, but guys, that that is the majority of the topics that we wanted to cover today. I want to thank Jade for her valuable insights and expertise. If people want to know where they can contact you, Jade, where can they find you? Generally, Instagram would be the main place. So I can give you my Instagram handle. You can put it in there. Yeah, I'll put it under the the, Yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh. And your website, just for anyone? Website as well, restorenutrition.co.uk. Um, yeah, you can reach out through the website, through social media, whatever, and whatever I can do to help or support people. Perfect. Happy Jane. to do that. Thank you so much again for your time today. And guys, remember, if you love the work that we do, you can become a patron. 
supporting us by visiting our website www.arcfitness.uk or check our social media channels. Thank you all again for listening today and remember to like, share and follow for more. Cheers. 